Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 266, episode one of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Monday, December 5th, 2022. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it the second time. What does it mean? What does it all mean? Uh, World Soil Day. Uh, International Ninja Day. Oh, yeah. Very, very good for all my Japanese people out there who we we love that reference to our culture. It's International Ninja Day, y'all. But I think also Japan is playing in the World Cup somehow. Playing well, yeah. Off through the group. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but good on them. But yeah, did you watch that one? Did you? No, I I was break your fast. I told you I was on a panel during the second half. So all I, the only thing I knew about what was happening was my phone blowing up from people texting. Oh, oh wow! You Japan, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, it's also bathtub party day. Uh huh. What does I that mean? I think that's just about. Uh, Is that like the tub? Skip party? an ordinary shower and linger in the tub instead. A bathtub but a party, party sounds... suggests multiple people taking a bath Again. together. It says sounds like a suspiciously crowded affair, but it doesn't have to be. Granted, if you have young children, it's a time saver to plunk two or three of them in the tub at once. Yeah. Just get the okay. whole neighborhood in there. Save everybody some time. Exactly. Get, be an efficient neighborhood. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Eggnog in the fridge. It's going down. Nog at the mall. It's going down. Nog by the court. It's going down. <laughs> Any nog the season guaranteed to go down. Ooh. That is courtesy of Johnny Davis, Bowels of Johnny. And shout out to TDZ Egg Discord, Discord Zeitgang for, for yeah, yeah. surfacing it. And yeah, yeah. to Young Jock. Exactly. It's, it was nogged by the quart. Quart. 
Just wanted to make okay. that clear. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Elon Muskie, Donald Trumpy, shrivel little, short, short, man. Don't want, don't want, don't want, don't want, don't want, don't want, don't want. Okay, shout out Lockeroni wow. for that. Remember Gillette and 20 Fingers? <laughs> I thought my CD was skipping there for a second. That was Oh, that was I wild. bought that CD single. That yeah, fucking yeah. Bla- warehouse, I remember. My mom was like, what the fuck are you? I'm like, don't want no short dick, man. And she's like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> right, mom? <laughs> you get it, right? And that, and it was, uh, they call you Mr. Personality because you so ugly. Those tracks were fucking mean. Harsh. Yeah. <laughs> if someone compliments your personality, that means you're ugly. Sorry, but that's just <laughs> facts. Jesus. Fucking Gillette. Whatever happened to Gillette? I don't know. Not the razor. Yeah. I was going to say they went on to make a hell of a razor. Yeah. Miles, (laughs) we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a hilarious and talented comic and writer whose one-man show, Solo, just had a run at the Soho Playhouse and I think has been extended. Covers everything from 30-year-old bros, high school relationships, love, heartbreak, and most importantly for my purposes, Taco Bell. Yes. You also know him from every line Andy's boyfriend has yes. in The Devil Wears Prada, yes. which we highlighted on this podcast. It's Gabe Mollica! Yeah. What's up, everybody? What's up, Gabe? Well, Welcome to the show. I'm living a dream. I appreciate you guys having me. And yes, my show was extended. We haven't announced yet, but I'll tell you guys. Six weeks starting in January. So it's like oh, a real thing. Nice. Yeah, man. It's that good. Damn. Yeah, people like it, man. It's been fun. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Taco guys. Bell. Want to talk about it? <laughs> it's important to me. Just glad. Uh, are you excited about any of the things that came back on the menu this year? You know, I I was never a Mexican pizza guy, mm-hmm. and wow. I was not. I'm a chicken quesadilla truther. Oh, wow. and yeah. it came back, huh. and then like it, it's it's like the only thing that gave me like a little bit of a stomach ache, and I was like, okay, I just like I know where I align in the Taco <laughs> Bell discourse. Like I'm a chicken quesadilla guy for for through and through. I when, asked them to keep the leave the chicken quesadilla on for a little longer. Ooh, I say, yeah. hey, could you keep that on for 10 extra seconds for me? Smart. No, you yeah. don't. You say that? Yeah. yeah, I do. I love that. Wow. wow. What's wrong with what? that? No, because you always talk about how you're like the last guy to like send of like a meal back like at a oh, restaurant. I don't take it and then say, hey, no, take I know this that. Back, I know that, but I just <laughs> I didn't know like you do custom shit too, like even at Taco Bell. Like it's the 10 most seconds. Custom- I feel like yeah. they're sometimes they're just like, yeah, sure. And I know they don't do they it don't. because <laughs> it comes out floppy, but yeah, sometimes yeah, whatever, they asshole. appreciate that they're dealing with somebody who, who knows? you know loves what they do for a living and yeah. knows that they can add joy to my life by, you know, just give me a little a little extra. Yeah. You ever go to a fast food place and the food comes out like hot and perfect and like it's not yeah. a mess back there and you know yeah. there's just one employee who's just like willing it into existence? Yeah. yeah. For for me, that's there's a Atlantic City Comedy Club. It's like this theater and it's owned by the people who run New York Comedy Club. So we all go out there. It's not you don't make a lot of money, but you get to play a theater. And the next day there's this McDonald's or this Taco Bell that just like the food is pristine. Like you would oh. not need to tell them extra 10 seconds on that quesadilla. They and you right. get it in two seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you can say wow. Mexi melt without having to tell them how to fucking assemble it from existing menu items. Like, yeah, you know, it's a bygone item. Okay. Oh, I'm sure their off menu is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> That's I the deep dive magazine that. article. I want somebody to do is like best Taco Bell in America. Just yeah. like yeah. the they nail every piece of food and there's somebody who's back there who's just a taco bell you know quesadilla artist who's <laughs> yeah. just 
who deserves wow. a living wage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, well, <laughs> I think like, we would cut that out because yeah. this, this deep dive article is appearing in the New York Times. So that <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be exactly. Mentioned. That version, I would be like, and this person, like the sense of pride they have when they clock in for their shift every day is truly inspiring, despite them going back to a, an apartment with many family members that are depending on them. It's like, uh, what about the, uh, okay, fine. Just, just big up the case at the apartment. But I do like a, I do like a pristine. I, I, it's it is like a moment when you eat something like it's like what the commercial made me feel like. It was yeah, tasty. yeah. Because mm-hmm. most of the time it's a mess. You, we've all been to a McDonald's at two in the morning and it just takes forever. And like I'm not even mad at them. Like for me, mm-hmm. that's the standard. But then yeah, when yeah. it's amazing, you're like, oh damn, a McChicken is like transcendental. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, this one just came out the fryer. Thank. Yeah. You. Yeah. Sometimes at two in the morning at a McDonald's, my custom order is just just dump the bag in my lap. Just the whole, <laughs> whatever you got back there is fine. Make it. You yeah. want a bag? Nah, just just throw it through the window. <laughs> you keep the bag. <laughs> okay, sir. All right, Gabe. We're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. We're talking about the protests happening in China and how they started, what they mean. We're gonna talk about just like kind of the mainstream media's perception of the Trump era as I'm going to use this new George Saunders book and George Saunders, just the writer George Saunders as a uh, as a lens to examine, you know what they're like, America's good. It's just going through a rough patch because this this dang maniac came through and got everybody riled up. But we'll go back to being good guy soon. So I'm going to talk about that and why why that's frustrating. We're going to talk about Lindsay Lohan's Pepsi Milk commercial. Oh. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan. Pepsi Milk? This is this story is really super interesting actually because it first of all it started with a Utah like Church of Latter-day Saints trend where, you know, they don't get to fuck with alcohol or any any of that stuff. So they like get really in depth and thoughtful about their soda drinks. And there's like competing soda bars. And one of them started doing what they call dirty sodas, which is just like pouring milk in sodas. And sounds really gross to me. And I haven't tried it, but people are fucking with it enough that Pepsi has come up off their decades-long marketing tactic of just being like, hey, do you like popular music? Then right. you'll like Pepsi. <laughs> you like Spice Girls? <laughs> and, Still? And they've, uh, they're, they're trying something that actually has to do with their product, so that's exciting. Oh, I thought it was like some more like outrage marketing. Of no, like just being like, I don't we're introducing Pilk. And people probably. Like, but I didn't, They'll probably but, get some of that. It sounds disgusting. The right, name, but I didn't know it had like a legit origin. Yeah, dirty. I mean that those were going viral for the past couple of years. Like people just fucking up, fucking with milk and dirty various milk. sodas. Dirty and, soda. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we'll get. When into I hear it. dirty sprite, I think of something completely yeah, different. But exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> but that's in Utah. They have a different kind of dirty sprite. Yeah. And in Houston, a completely other dirty sprite. Yeah. But okay, shout out. Yeah. Much better. Try try the Utah version first before you go to the Houston version. Before you start sipping lean? Okay. Yeah. But before we get to any of that shit, Gabe, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Oh, man. So I, this is a, a little bit embarrassing, but I had never seen until this week Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm. And I finally watched it. 
and John Candyman just yeah. like blew me away. And like I knew him from stuff and I liked him and little cameo on Home Alone, cool runnings. But the last thing I Googled was a deep dive, just like I need to learn everything about John Candy. Give me all uh, the candy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. He's just like he's a great guy to work on. On set, he had all these problems. He showed up with like weights and like workout gear to the set of planes, trains, and automobiles. And then Steve Martin was like, and he never touched it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this poor guy. Like he he's so talented and so fraught. And I think we like we give like Farley gets so much props and he should. And, you know, some of those performers, but like Candy gets like a little missed because like yeah. he was 44, like he wasn't that old. I guess Farley wasn't either. Yeah, but yeah, my God, the, the, the deep, the, every search was just like more John Candy things. Yeah. Uncle Buck is, he is a real good candy showcase. Carrying yeah. that thing. Yeah. 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 What was the thing about him in uh, like Home Alone? Like he did that for free. Yeah, yeah. Like just as like a freight favor, he was just like, "Yeah, I could come by and like do it." And he was like there for like well, like a few days, <laughs> twenty four straight hours. They <laughs> they used him twenty four straight hours, and they finally let him go. Wow, Jeez. he got paid less than like the pizza guy who like dropped, right. like in the movie. <laughs> well, that guy was doing work. I mean, he had yeah. to act like he was being shot at. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. What is something you think is overrated? We're gonna go more food today. I had it the other day, and it just it just did not hit, which is Chipotle, man. Mm. Just it was just a sour cream bowl with lettuce, and I was like, "This used to mean something uh, to me." Hey, hold on, what? It was sour cream. <laughs> you you just have sour cream in a bowl with lettuce? No, no, no. They just like that's like where oh. the heavy hand was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, you know, I just had my standard sour. It was my standard order of sour cream bowl with lettuce, and yeah, it just I, it I was like, wasn't on game. <laughs> you know, what stinks. Other people <laughs> living like a monster. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I think it like it that. had its heyday. Like, I mean, at least I remember when I was eating it heavy. It was like 2011. Yeah, oh, like yeah. heavy. Like you couldn't get. You had to fucking like, like pull me out of there because I was just about that life. And then I think over time, you just kind of like this isn't actually the best Mexican food you can eat. Mm-hmm. So it more just becomes like I think because they had a burrito bowl was like the first thing that like inspired me to go. And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? I, I like burritos enough that I'll have a, a real one. Yeah. Every local Mexican place is cheaper and better. <laughs> right. Basically, no matter where you are, like even on right. Long Island, like my friends were like, <laughs> I hang out with my, with my bros a lot. And like, we're not, no one's ever like, yeah, tonight's the Chipotle night. It just doesn't right, happen. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was for a while. It had a run. And I do feel like I, I want to say on behalf of Chipotle, I like their chips. Mm. I like their chips with the, you know, so, sometimes <laughs> I'll have a little extra salsa. Sometimes I'll, I'll splurge for the guac. But I do like I, their chips are inconsistent even within the bag. But there's like always one chip that That's like good. gets gets the lime juice and the salt and really hits hard. <laughs> so I don't know. I I still kind of like Chipotle, but I also haven't had it for like a year and a half. So may- maybe they've fallen off. I will say like they I have gone to Chipotle and been very disappointed with what with the results. So there, there's a lot of variability. Yeah. Like I don't like again, I don't hate Chipotle. I'm just it's low on my list if I'm looking at things I'm, I want to eat. And I think right. for, like because Jack, when we were when we had that like studio in Hollywood, we would always we still like, got it, baby. Yeah, we yeah, just we don't still go. got it, baby. Uh, but I remember that was the time like I would only eat Chipotle was because I'm like, well, shit, I already maxed out on everything around here. Like, and we'd be like, I guess we'll go to Chipotle. Yeah, but yeah, I ha- I have noticed that they boxed up the stuff from your desk finally two years after we left for the pandemic. Yeah. 
and sent yeah. it home to you. And ever since then, you've been talking about the the the, the studio. studio in the past tense. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just here to say it's still there. I mean, I've even opened the box. It's like yeah, it's like Schrodinger's like lost <laughs> stuff box. Like I don't want it to be real, so I'm just gonna oh, avoid man. it. I opened a box full of like old work stuff from like an old job, and I was just like, just reminded me how much. I hated my yeah. <laughs> I love me. I, like, I love stumbling. Ah! Yeah, I love stumbling upon old pack your desk boxes that you have. Yeah. We were yeah. like, oh, the one I found from when I worked at Playboy. Like I threw away because it gave me a panic attack. Yeah, like all the to do lists and shit that I used to like tape to the side of my fucking computer just like came <laughs> flying out like they were the spirits in Ghostbusters when like that shit <laughs> when the spirit trap gets yeah. opened. Yeah, it was bad news. Gabe, what's something you think is underrated? Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been trying to like give myself a nice routine in life. Mm. And I, if, if I'm thriving, if I'm like firing at all cylinders, I'm eating fruit every day. And we're okay. not talking about fruit enough. Yeah, okay. Fresh fruit. Give me some Go fruit, on. man. All like the time. <laughs> Fire them off. Rattle them off. What do you oh, think? I'm having you... bananas. I'm having blueberries okay. today. Okay. I just had some uh, pineapple. And uh, oh, I'm crushing it here. I don't care. Yeah. All seasons. Who cares? Wow. <laughs> give me more fruit. Feeling good. <laughs> Yeah. Pineapple, peak pineapple, when it's like at its most ripe, is my favorite fruit, I think. It's and a, I don't even, I, can we call that fruit? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's so delicious. It's so, it's so fucking, fucking good. sweet. I'm like, there's no fucking way this is, <laughs> like, that we can call this a, like a healthy thing to eat. Cause like, yeah. I'm starting to see like streaks of light in my like line of vision from how sweet it is. <laughs> also, my favorite like uh, fake flavor. Like, I, I think they've mostly nailed pineapple in like gum and shit like that like that yeah. it's it generally is fruit i guess there's not a lot of like pineapple candy but the i i do not in the u.s to, yeah i do tend to enjoy a lot of pineapple gum and pineapple flavored things uh blueberries year round they're they're never that bad i agree we've been talking a lot about apples on this yeah. podcast but i think we, i think we should spend some time on bananas bananas are fucking delicious and just, i don't like them you don't like bananas? No, I make, I, we've talked about it. They make my throat itch. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have. <laughs> you might allergy. be allergic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all. That's right. Justin's allergic, too. <laughs> yeah. But I eat. But I have the same thing with avocados. It's like those high potassium foods. Mm. They, like, trigger little things in my throat or, like, my lip. But avocados, I fucking fight. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> those of us who can enjoy them, bananas are a real blessing. Real, real mitzvah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we, yeah. They make me think of Tiger Woods because it's like a thing he'll eat right before he like wins a golf tournament. He's yeah. Like, what's he doing? He's like walking to the last hole and he's just like pounding a banana. We're like, oh, yeah. I guess that's what you're supposed to eat. <laughs> yeah. I bring yeah. it for my kids anytime I need to like give them a snack. It's like the easiest thing. Like it, it's, it's so good. They're a fruit that is creamy. Like there's not, are there other fruits that are creamy? But like if you're like Dream. doing a... Doing a uh, smoothie, like there's such a good base that adds. It's like, would you put like ice cream in this? Nope, mm, just bananas. Right. It's yeah. I guess guava is a good creamy replacement, according to Super Producer Justin. Mm. But and I, I heard people like the organic people, the people who like like are worried about their food, which we just talked a lot about Taco Bell. I can't imagine that's any of us. But <laughs> like the skin is super thick, so like. It's not one of those food like when you need an apple, like the skin has just been like rolling around in the truck for four years. <laughs> right, right, right. But like a banana is like protected. So it's it's a pretty safe even for like the uh, I mean, I get the organic. I spend the extra yeah. 20 cents, but 
Yeah, it's like an armadillo. It's got a thick skin on it. You know, there's nothing getting through there. Uh, Yet, I I am very suspicious of the amount of like really glossy apple skins that I've consumed, like that look. (laughs) Like they wax. were buffed out with like <laughs> yeah. car wax. It's like, come on, they they shouldn't look that good. Yeah, but, every yeah. day of the year they look the same. It's like yeah. something's wrong. There used to be we, <laughs> food used to go used bad. To and it was so okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazing. All right, well, let's take a quick break, All and right. we'll be right back to talk about uh, some of the things that are happening elsewhere in the world. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. And yeah, zero. so the thing that the way I heard it was that China is seeing its largest protests since Tiananmen mm-hmm. and its protests to the zero COVID policies. Yeah, that's one part of it, which is one part of it. But there's yeah. also another part that's kind of getting written. There are out many of the parts of it. Yeah, I yeah. think I mean, obviously, the zero COVID has a lot to do with it. And that extends into other things like labor, specifically at like factories that make app like iPhones or Tesla's. Um, but, you know, things came to a head like the zero COVID policy has been like it, 
a huge, huge, like, like fucked up experience for the people in China. Like if you know anybody who's, uh, who lives out there and has been like locked down, it's like, wait, you really can't like even leave and like, you can't even go outside. They're like, no, you can't. My spoiled ass thought that they were like forcing them to wear masks. Like that, that was my, ver- like, I'm like, well, what would anger Americans that much? Maybe masks? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're chaining them inside their homes and places of work. Right. So things came to a head when this fire broke out in an apartment building in the capital of the Xinjiang province, which is where like the mass surveillance and incarceration of Muslim minorities like the Uyghurs, that's been it's worth taking place there. Ten people died as a result of this fire. And the fire was particularly horrifying because of these covid lockdowns. The firefighters weren't even able to get their trucks like close enough to the buildings because of all the like barricades that have been put up to keep people from like leaving. And the videos are harrowing because you're seeing like fire trucks where the water is barely like touching the exterior of this flaming building. And you're hearing people like, like just at, like Screaming begging from for inside help. The fire. Yeah. And it's really, and I think that kind of, I think the absurdity of all that just inspired many people to be like, this is like, this is completely terrible. And what we see now are these protests that have, you know, spread across the country where people like spontaneously and you're seeing people doing like just holding up blank sheets of white paper as a way to demonstrate while like navigating like censorship laws. And the big parts of it, too, are like it's really there's so many dimensions to it. But one dimension is, yes, the lockdowns and they're not like what we have in the U.S. where you can still go out for necessary activity. And even then in the U.S., like their the enforcement was like really none. It was like about whether or not you gave a fuck about yourself enough. In China, it's like unlike anything else in the world. Like you're saying, Jack, like in some cases, people's doors are barred shut. The exits to buildings are being chained up. So there's no escape. And this has led to all kinds of problems, not just like I can't get out of my house. It's like I need dialysis and I can't get out of my house. I need medical care and I can't get out of my house. I'm not a you know white collar tech worker, so I can't even work because I can't leave the house. And it's cross, like going across different classes, ethnicities, and now people are basically out here demonstrating, like you said, in ways that, you know, certainly uh, Xi Jinping has not seen this in his tenure as leader, but in decades since Tiananmen. And the other part of it, the other part of it, too, in terms of like the factories is that these factories like that make iPhones and Teslas, they have something called closed loop management is what happens when there's like a COVID exposure, an outbreak within like a a factory. This basically means the workers sleep at the factories and do not leave until they deem the outbreak to be under control. Some workers have been stuck. Sorry, what what a great like use of like corporate euphemistic. Like that might be corporate euphemism's greatest work is closed loop management. Yeah, as a a term for fucking human caging. Exactly. It's really actually lock the gates is what it should be called. And some workers were stuck at the factory for 70 days. And so this led to workers breaking down barricades, literally running for the exits and clashing with police who were like trying to keep them in. And again, most of the reporting leaves out this element because, again, I think it's easier to just focus on like the draconian policy of like zero covid. But it does ignore how like the other dimensions that are leading people to get out in the streets in ways that we certainly haven't seen. And I think, you know, the, the, the other part of it is 
like the people that are starting to push back, like there, there's a lot of writing about how, especially a lot of like sort of middle-class Chinese people are beginning to like really understand just the unchecked power of the state, because this has been going on for like three years now and without any sign of things, you know, abating. And right now, like the government's done things like, all right, you know what, we'll ease some of the restrictions as a way to kind of keep things from boiling over. They've even like sent college students home early for their breaks because a lot of the demonstrations are happening at universities. So they figure, oh, if we send them home for break, they're less likely to congregate and begin demonstrating again. So they're trying to do these little things to bring the like sort of temperature down. But it's clear that a lot of the people are now sort of in this space where they're absolutely unable to act like they can endure any of this anymore. And that's what's and I think for the people who are like saying like, oh, this could lead to regime change. uh, Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Like the China has quite literally been preparing for mass demonstrations for decades. And just as a matter of like policy, they there there's they they know they have to allow for a little bit of room for people to just blow some steam off in order to try and like stay stay in control. So it's uh it, it's it's something that's really interesting to look at because it's just like many other situations we've seen around the world where these uprisings come out organically because of people's inability to support themselves, the you know overreach of the government, and it and you end up with like this truly like you know uh, far reaching group of people who are like advocating for their own well being. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a wild situation right there. Yeah, they. I mean, the the level to which they have, like, techno dictatorship is just like that. My first thought when seeing the pictures of the people protesting was just, you know, admiration and just being like kind of in awe of the bravery because that's a place where people just disappear. Like, you just get yeah, and disappeared right now, to jail for yeah. you know saying anything for like putting up a picture of Winnie the Pooh because Xi Jinping it, thinks that Winnie the Pooh looks too much like him. Yeah, or people insult him with that image. But right, yeah, it, it's it, like you know, I mean, you look at a lot of the other things that like you've seen. I don't know if you've seen like footage of like mass like drone spraying of like chemicals to try and like disinfect cities, and like there is a lot of technological know-how uh going into this stuff but i think you know uh, i look around and i i'm always heartened to see even though obviously the circumstances in which people are like sort of getting into in touch with like their outrage or sense of what is owed to them you know i I just feel like it's we're like in this situation where it's not just it's not just limited to one country where the situation is the same for many people i think many people can look at this and say I'm in a situation where I don't think my wages are high enough and I feel like my labor is being exploited. I also don't agree with like a lot of these policies that are, you know, supposedly meant to benefit like myself or give me rights. In fact, I feel like I have less rights and like watching this evolve in certain places just kind of. Yeah, uh, it's in that moment. I mean, the thing that it feels like, uh, you know, protests and, you know, movements around the world have in common is like human beings who are like being told by people in power or the wealthy people in in power, I guess that like, you know, it's not raining when it is raining or, you know, just like being told like that, what you're seeing happen and like what's evident to you is not happening. And I do feel like that is increasingly hard to hard to manage when, when people have 
the ability to like kind of communicate with one another. But yeah. And and then all I mean, in this case, it's to control COVID, but just caging human beings and making them stay in a, in a cage is is a bad policy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe revisit that one. It reminded me of the World Cup. Did you watch like the the stuff about like the people who built the World Cup stadiums? Yeah, where it's like that type of control over people. I'm like, oh, this is a massive labor issue. And then what the right does in America is then they like point. They'll be like, oh, America is like the rail strike. Who cares about that? Like, look at the people in China, and they like bad faith read it. And like, no, 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 you can have right. solidarity for all people depending yeah. on what their situation is. It's always right. such a that's like right. The, the the right in America loves to do that. We're like, oh yeah, LeBron, do you care about factory workers in China? I'm like, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're writing this on your iPhone. Yeah. 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 That stuff. Oh my God. So infuriating. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of kind of the mainstream culture in the United States, I wanted to talk about just something. So there's this new George Saunders book. George Saunders wrote Civil War Land in Bad Decline and 10th of December and is like a very lauded novelist and fiction writer i think he won the award for lincoln and the bardo which is i i was not able to write that because it just opens with like all these wrenching passages about like child children dying and i just like can't do that shit when i have children so i i couldn't make it through that one beautifully written and he he's a he's a really good writer i really like civil war land and bad decline and he has a new series of uh short stories coming out his first in nine years and it's like eliciting all these interviews and media appearances and being heralded as like a big moment in literature for serious people but it's a lot of the stories are grappling with america like trumpian america post-trump america and it just seems to be a subject that he's incapable of writing and thinking about in a way that's like coherent and interesting and i think it like the way that he's unable to do it kind of solidify or like crystallize some of the stuff that i think we've seen over the past six years with the way that the mainstream media and like mainstream culture has had a hard time with it and it kind of comes back to this this central idea that he's said a bunch of times like so he wrote he wrote this piece in 2017 for the new yorker that was like he went to a couple Trump rallies and like just kind of wrote about what he saw there. And I I remember being very excited because I was like, wow, they got like one of the best writers to write about, you know, this phenomenon that we're seeing. Like Trump j- had just been inaugurated and was still like doing all these rallies and people were just screaming about like wanting to hang the media and, you know, just being overtly racist. And like his... Take, I, re- I remember like it just being a fucking slug to get through and also just like nothing that he said really sticking. And it his central thesis seemed to be like, this isn't America. Like this is like America is a good place. And Trump has come in from the outside and is this like foreign adjutant that has like caused people to forget who they are. And I think that's also a good summary of like kind of what i've seen in the mainstream media at least like and that i was you know when trump was running for president i was listening to 
that podcast, Keeping It 1600, with that ended up, it was like the proto crooked media podcast. It was like the guys from the Obama administration, and they were talking to political consultants, and they were, they called people who were worried Trump could win bedwetters, and just were like, this. Guys, this is this is a joke. This guy's a this guy's an idiot. Nobody's going to vote for this idiot. And since that time, you know, some of us have recognized that there are major problems with America that are going completely ignored and unaddressed by the mainstream media and that that's where that anger is coming from and that's why Trump should have been taken seriously and that's where he continues to be effective. Like I feel like this is where you see the kind of Everybody keeps going back to this idea that like, well, we're going to get him with this one statement and then it's going to be it's going to be over for him. And, you know, that then people will come out of their trance. And, you know, even even as like fascism has popped up from our like most popular rapper at the time Trump was elected and from their technocratic ubermensch who was like supposed to solve the problems we were facing with climate change by being like real world Tony Stark. Like that guy's a fascist now. And they're still in a world where like these are isolated problems that were caused by this Trump guy being being a real jerk. Mm. And like I keep thinking about Colbert and the fact that like he went from during the Bush administration being like our greatest satirist to being like a late night talk show host whose best joke about Trump was like calling him. Putin's cock holster or <laughs> like that was the one that like most people were like woo yeah got his ass got him yeah and with what yeah so Jacobin did a good like Jacobin reviewed his new series of short stories I haven't read them yet but just in looking at them it like it it, it kind of encapsulates I think what what the issue is and like how how they're seeing this issue like they're one of his stories in his new book is about a dystopian America where an elderly unhoused man has been like brainwashed by the government into saying like, but like the brainwashed version of this guy is meant to be a version of like a Trump supporter. It's called Elliot Spencer. The the story is, and he's like had his mind wiped and been reprogrammed with simplistic talking points. And, you know, the Jacobin writer kind of points out that this it, if the shouting rally goers are brainwashed, then they don't really mean what they say. And that's the thing he keeps coming back to is like, they don't really mean that. Like in, in his <laughs> New Yorker profile, he's like, they the Americans are good and they've just been corrupted by this outside influence. And meanwhile, so like as I was reading this <laughs> su summary of his piece about like brainwashed, unhoused man who has his mind wiped, like meanwhile, in the news that day, the New York Times reported on the fact that there's a new law that says armed police officers in the NYPD, who, by the way, are very fond of inadvertently, in quotes, shooting and killing poor people can just determine someone is mentally ill, like they have access to the precogs and just cage them, even if they're not a, d a danger. Just yeah. giving, first of all, the like granting oneself the power of foresight seems to be a trend in this version of fascism. Like we were talking about how effective altruism people are like, what, 
we actually know what's going to be a problem in, you know, 3000 years. And that's what we're investing our money in and not climate change. But like the NYPD giving themselves the power of foresight in order to allow them to just claim whoever they want is mentally ill and might later pose a danger and like cage them is, you know, it's a dystopian reality. Like, why would you need to create a dystopian reality in that world? Yeah, just report, just describe our world at present. Yeah. And which I don't know. I also was thinking about the John Mulaney metaphor. Like, these are like things that stick out to me from the like Trump administration and like the jokes that people people were like, oh, comedy's gonna be so good during the Trump administration. And like John Mulaney had that one where he was like, Trump's like a horse got it loose in a hospital. And in this case, like America is supposed to be an orderly hospital and Trump is like this outside chaotic agent. But I don't know. I, I don't know. It was probably inadvertent, but came from like his subconscious that it's interesting that he chose a hospital because again american hospitals don't actually take care of you if you don't have a job that pays the for your insurance though yeah. i think that's what it is we're all about these concepts without actually reckoning with what the realities are you know and right. i think so much of his inability to like grapple with what's happening is because he's firmly existing in this version of america where he's like yeah bad stuff happened but that's over right and it's not Bad stuff is the fucking DNA of this country. And because we haven't reckoned with it, it's just going to keep popping back up in these weird ways because we've never reckoned with it. Like, right. so that it's it, it. And I think that's why it's interesting, too. Like you were saying is some people have figured out for a while. America's like, yeah, I've uh, based on what I've read, this place didn't sound great for people like me since the onset. And even right. now, and then there are others who are able to kind of just separate themselves from, I think like this happens in so many countries, especially ones that started off as like violent, like cult, like colonies. It's just easier to like kind of forget that it's built on these like really violent transgressions and to not reckon with that. And then like realize that it's like echoing into the future. It's just, I think it's a, it's a bit ignorant. Yeah. And it just, it just seems like any version of America that attempts to grapple with Trumpism that doesn't take that into account, like is just going to be perpetuating the problem, which is that Trump and the far right are the only people who are willing to acknowledge that the current system of corporate rule and no health care don't work and aren't just or decent. And they acknowledge that in the service of a grift, but that makes sense because the only thing that you're allowed allowed to say and like gain traction with in America is like whatever is going to make someone money and grifting makes people a lot of money as we're seeing with crypto. So like that's, you know, that they'll allow it. The the thing they won't allow is just like criticism that gets at like the very foundation and acknowledges that there are still these these massive fucking problems that this is highlighting the fact that we've never really addressed these problems. Yeah. Yeah. The denial part, though, too, is like a way people absolve themselves from having to do anything too. you know, if if George Saunders is like, if it weren't for this Trump guy, we'd all be fine. Right. That just means the work is Trump just has to go. That's the work in that scenario. The work is we just don't need Trump when the work is we have to actually all be 
like collectively moving in the same direction for like the the betterment of society and grappling with these like really heavy topics and knowing like well what's my what's my part in perpetuating this uh, any given system of oppression what's my part in that yeah. because if i'm able to just say it's these fucking republicans well then guess what i have no work to do because it's right. all of them and yeah. i think that's a really that's a really dangerous like subconscious thing that americans do to themselves to like keep themselves from you know putting in or being a little more bringing a little more awareness to the things that need work but like that that is where the you know that that's why we like probably the number one subject on this podcast has become like the mainstream media like myth and just like you know having the wool like pulling just co covering shit up like the you know, George Saunders probably reads the New York Times and like the New York Times, the day of that Eric Adams, like new NYPD thing, they, their article like doesn't talk about inequality or the real estate industry causing homelessness. When they covered the this like new precog program, they treat it as like, you know, it's a desperate solution because homelessness is out of control and, you know, they just ignore the structural causes. and. So that's what it's like that that feels like such a important and foundational problem that is kind of going unaddressed because the mainstream media is the mainstream media. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's an op ed in The New York Times right now. What white voters see in Herschel Walker. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> yeah, I think that's why podcasts like this one are are like important. I don't want to blow too much smoke, but it's like. Oh, if the mainstream medium is not going to give us like the actual narrative about like how the real estate agent, how the real estate business is causing homelessness, we need to go to third party sites and we need to make the or third party media. And we need to make sure the third party media that they're going to isn't like the world's dumbest people who are fascists. It's like right. smart, empathetic people right. who like want to do That's the work. The and with Trump stuff, it's like, oh, if you for me, it's like, oh, the best way to defeat Trump is to make the opposite side, make everyone's lives so much better that they look at Trump like, oh, that guy's an idiot who never got did anything for me. Right. Like, offer me health care. Offer me college. Like I, yeah. a guy I work with, I convinced him to be a Bernie guy in like 20 minutes. I was like, you got student debt, right? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if that were gone? He was like, that would be sweet. <laughs> like, Wait, how, how could that happen? How could that happen? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Check Took 20 minutes. He's like, I'm going to register. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, that's but yeah, funny. give us give, make my life better. It's it's it, that's and the, that's what's so fucked up, right? Is because you have one the Democrats are like, oh yeah, we could make people's lives better, but they're making it so easy for us to do fuck all that all we have to do is being like, yo, can you believe we had dinner with? Oh my god, yeah, y'all, that is a mess. Don't fucking ask about sick days if you're <laughs> fucking rail work like rail worker. Fuck out of here. They but, love this the social the. The, the social issues they like that aren't political like the democrats are happy to talk about kanye or like trump meeting with nick fuentes mm -hmm. or whatever they're happy to talk about that because it means they yeah, don't have to course. talk about sick days you're totally yeah. right don't do yeah. the work not uh, npr this morning was talking about the rail strike and just being you know just being like and they d didn't dig into any like didn't give any account that like this might have fucked people over and made it so that yeah. people you know workers can just be railroaded going forward they were just like and, and yeah. that was their concern this is moving forward to save america's economy shame on and shame on every single fucker fucking democrat who've 
did not fucking side with the workers on this. I mean, not that I expected them to, but for all the fucking assholes who are like, oh, I'm all, I'm about the workers and shit. It's like, no, you're just you're just doing the thing where you become a loose collection of the right opinions during a campaign and mm-hmm. then just revert to your other shit. And I'm not surprised, but like this felt it just feels like such an easy thing to do. But at the end of the day, you forget that there's millions of dollars being poured in on the other side by the railroad companies to make sure that these people arrive at that decision. Like they invest in this, they, their lobbying is an investment for shit like this. And then when it comes time, they're like, Hey man, remember we hooked y'all up and they're like, yeah, yeah. The economy. The, thank you. I'll use that talking point to then say, we got to worry about the economy. But it's then again, contradicts all this shit about the fucking essential workers, like in the pan, like at the start of the pandemic, it's oh like, well, God. if these people are so fucking essential, yeah, that right. your whole thing is like, if they stop, like line go down, then right. motherfucker, you better get in your bag quick and right. pull yeah. out some cash. Yeah, don't like, bang pots and pans. We want right. sick yeah. days. It's easy. Exactly. Yeah, and it the other thing I, just about the like this mainstream media sort of everything's cool here s- sort of central like gravitational like force that just that that is the viewpoint and like you can get away from that for a second but it's gonna you're gonna come back to that is like that is also going to be ultimately the less pop like people want truth like msnbc cnn like these places that are like oh we don't know what to do people aren't, aren't watching us anymore like we don't you know and like the newspaper industry is and and like nope it, it's like the the truth is actively being suppressed. You you would think that somebody would be like, I I have this crazy idea to to make money for us. What if we actually like told the truth about this <laughs> shit? And it's it's just wild that it's nobody's doing that, and it it feels like it's going to like that that should be because there is money to be made it should be a thing that america is capable of is at least telling the fucking truth about this because you can make money off of telling people the truth because people want to be told the truth but there are these structural things in place of the washington post being owned by jeff bezos for instance yeah yeah throw some smart funny leftists on those talk shows and right. they'll suddenly be very watchable <laughs> you right. know if yeah. matt chrisman yeah. were on crossfire it'd be sweet yeah <laughs> they like yeah. they kick exactly. you off because you're like dude go easy on andrea mitchell man right <laughs> i'm like <laughs> yeah take, well, yeah dude she just fucking said george bush was cool are you like what we're doing this right. yeah all right let's take a quick break we'll come back we'll talk about pilk i guess is what it's called hey i feel like they could have done better than that <laughs> You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. 
And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. They could have called it Pep Silk. Pep Silk. <laughs> Pep what about and Mepsi? Silk. Mepsi. Milksy. Milksy. Yeah, Milksy's cute. Milksy. Pil- Milksy. Pilk sounds sounds disgusting. It sounds like something Wayne and Garth would have like said for vomiting. Like, oh, <laughs> you're right. Like mung. Yeah, <laughs> mung. <laughs> they had those words, like, dude, mung. <laughs> what about pilk. Anyways, Lindsay Lohan, uh, someone in <laughs> well, while they were deciding to ignore, you know, labor issues and like what what actually affects people's lives, like the somewhere in the big boardrooms where the, all the Ivy League graduates have like gone to work, they've decided twenty Christmas twenty twenty two is season O Lohan. All right, and yeah, yeah she appeared in. The Netflix holiday movie, which Miles yep. watched and said it's his I favorite did. movie of all time. Also, shout out, we had Zeitgang, who was crew on that film, and they, oh. they DM'd me some sh- some shit. Are uh, you from there? But I'm not gonna. Vi- I'm not violating. No, I don't want to violate okay. any trust. But I and I mean, no, it wasn't like it wasn't like anything right, out right. of this world. But it's just more like little things that I was like, oh, that's that's quirky. Yeah. Well. Zeitgang who work on things. Let, let Look, us yeah. We're we're here for this. DM us with good stories from behind the scenes of especially if you're working with, you know, just the worst wealthy people. I, I want to know about what the extremely wealthy do behind the scenes. Right. And we will <laughs> quote you anonymously. <laughs> but anyway, so she is the official mascot for the holidays and for a new Pepsi commercial which is advising everyone to drink pilk, which is a combination of Pepsi, milk, and giving up on (laughs) just everything. But she's also doing like TikTok videos that show people how to make pilk. And then there's a commercial where we see her living room and there's a glass of milk and a plate of cookies. 
and you know left out for santa but when santa shows up he adds a can of pepsi to the milk to wash down the uh presumably to wash down the caffeine pills and amphetamines that he has to do to just get through the <laughs> night um, like, could you imagine if you were somewhere and saw someone just roll up with pepsi that they brought with them and pour it in a milk like oh, you would be yeah. like yo <laughs> you bring it to focus okay? starbucks hey give yeah. me a cup of milk <laughs> with room for pepsi what anyway she sneaks in scares santa he disappears and then Lindsay lohan drinks her pilk uh his pilk actually and eats his cookies which is fucked up but you know, we'll allow it. Dude, he's, drinks he's, his pilk and eats his cookies sounds like euphemistic, but <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave it's that. hot. Pilk is just so weird. This image, though, by the way, like this still, it looks like they're trying to sell you like a like a cold brew. Yeah, like I was thinking that floating down like that's what it because like it's definitely they they're they they topped it with milk to watch it go down. I'm like, it's so in a way I'm like, I know a drink that looks like that that I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clever. Yeah, it looks like Guinness a little bit too, like with yeah. the brown and the white kind Cascading, of yeah. mixing. Also, the ad, or I guess one of her viral videos, she claims that it's adding a little naughty milk to the nice <laughs> Pepsi, <laughs> which is like, yo, you got that exactly backwards. <laughs> like, hey, they don't see, they don't want to brand their shit as naughty, probably. You know, somebody right. in the board was like, no, oh, we yeah. can't associate Pepsi with naughty. That was milk, the second take where they were like, great work, Lindsay. We have one note. Um, <laughs> Pepsi's actually the nice thing, and milk is naughty. Milk yeah. is naturally occurring. Pepsi yeah. is like made in the lab. <laughs> right, <Exactly>. right, right. <laughs> but a lot of people, you know, have been doing doing their job as citizens of the internet and trying pilk, and the raves are in. And at best, it is not as disgusting as it sounds. That's wow. a direct quote. At worst, people think it tastes like shit and smells like shoes. <laughs> so, but this is actually Pepsi's attempt to cash in on the dirty soda trend, which was a TikTok this year, but actually began with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Utah because, uh, you know, so many things are banned that the Mormons have been just going wild with the sugary drinks and, like, coming up with different, combining dairy, like cream or milk, with sodas and flavored syrup and sometimes fruit and uh, stealing the <laughs> stealing the name of Dirty Sprite to be like this we can get a little wild too yeah i'm like you're not sipping promethazine fuck out of here (laughs) but okay that's fine yeah there's but it's like there are a thing in utah that we don't have here but it, it actually sounds fine especially to someone who doesn't drink anymore called what i they're like soda i mean soda shops which have been a thing before but like they're not huh they're not a growth industry these days, I would say, <laughs> but they're like there's a whole like war between the leading soda shops between Swig and Sodalicious because like one of them's <laughs> like, we came up with dirty soda. You you copied off of us like one of their creations. I'm just going to describe it to oh you. My. 44 ounces of Sprite, Holy coconut shit. creamer and a healthy dose of watermelon, strawberry, coconut, Tarani syrup. Can you like that? Is this so sweet? Like it it hurts my teeth to even read that. One of my tooth, my tooth fell out hearing it. It's so 
44 ounces. I remember AMPM used to have a thing called the 44 ouncer that was like a cup of mug you could bring in for like truckers and you could just fill that shit up all the time. I remember when I saw one as a kid, I was like, this ain't a fuck. Who's this for? This amount right. of liquid. Then I started partying and I was like, oh, a 40. So now, for, now we have the image of imagine drinking a fucking 40 plus four more ounces of all this shit. Wow. Oh. And, and the Tarani syrup from the fucking, that's like that uh, barista flavored syrup, right? Yeah. The one that's like, uh, I want four pumps. Yeah. Yeah. It has like the cursive logo. Yeah. We talked about food a lot at the beginning and I do love food, but I think it's because I get like no calories from drinks where I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to ruin my day. I want to be able to eat later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I Such mean, a waste. That's the way it was supposed to be. To, I mean, well, or at least <laughs> it was for a long time. Right. It was water or like wine mixed with water was mm-hmm. like the only thing that anybody could drink. And yeah, apparently pilk isn't a new thing. Pepsi milk was Penny Marshall's go-to drink on Laverne and Shirley. Okay. Whoa. And milk and Coke was a viral trend back in 2019. Like I can imagine this not being terrible. I guess we're going to have to give it a shot now that I've said that, or I will have to give it a shot, but I didn't, I didn't know it. This is the first time it's crossing my desk. During the lockdown, my sister brought home like a cold brew, but with like seltzer in it. And it was like kind of like a bubbly. Yeah. I, people iced coffee. That. This is like the bones of that kind of right. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's something I, I, I was offered that recently, too. They're like, oh, it's like a fizzy cold brew. I was like, nah, I'm good. It just sounds like you're trying to cut out the good shit. Yeah. I'm just cutting it with stuff. soda water. Gabe, did you grow yeah. up in New York? Uh, Long Island. Yeah. So did you ever did you grow up with egg creams? Oh, yeah. Love it. I get made fun of because I get egg, egg cream. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that was my first my first I was going to say my first interaction with something like Pilk is an egg cream. And yeah. I was so disappointed the first time <laughs> I had a fucking egg cream. I was so like, for people who don't know amazing. what an egg cream is, it is chocolate milk with seltzer. Right. That's basically what it is. Milk, you seltzer sh- and syrup. Usually, no, right? no milk. It's seltzer and there's no milk and there's no cream in, or there's no egg and there's no cream in it. It's there's seltzer, no, but there's and uh, chocolate syrup. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. Well, I've had them with carbonated water for sure because I think I remember yeah. and milk. I'm saying in milk because there was like a bottled one. I remember I got from the store like when I was six years old. I remember I would get it every time because I, I thought it would be better than that subsequent time. And it was always the same shit. Oh yeah. yeah, milk too, milk too. Yeah, 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 and the syrup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's like an egg cream. You right. know why? I, I watched the West Wing because I used to be a, a regular lib like everyone else. There you go. <laughs> and they drink them on in the West Wing. It's like a thing for not Toby, but uh, oh, God, I can see his face. Blackbeard. But he drinks them because he's from Brooklyn. The pirate? And so I started oh. drinking them that way. Toby. Yeah. Toby. Yeah. There you go. Anyways, uh, on this one, uh, on the Pilk or mo- Moke? K- Kilk? <laughs> it, like either way, I guess they're both equally like you're 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 playing God if you're if you're trying to mix milk <laughs> with Coke or Pepsi. But the the ratio has to be right because if you if the ratio is off or it sits too long, the acid from the soda curdles the milk, and then the chunks sink to the bottom, turning the drink as clear as Crystal Pepsi with what just like brownish no. sludge no. at the bottom. <laughs> wow! Wait, what do you mean it turns the drink clear? Like it, the like milk it, it attaches to like the brown and then yeah, and then oh it just that shit sinks. sounds dope. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do I that. mean, it like, sounds cool to watch. It does not sound like something yeah. I would want to drink. Afterwards. You activated my 12-year-old like brain that it subsequently gets me my head ripped off by my mom. She's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing in here? I'm like, look, don't touch that. It's going to go old. clear. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like something you should like light on fire at that point. Right. You know? Right. Anyways, like we'll try it. We'll let you know what we think. Or maybe. We yeah. Will. Or let us know. Also, I'm, I love here. Look, dirty sodas. I know we have uh, Zyke Gang out in Utah. Let us know your favorite dirty sodas or other bizarre drink combinations. The soda shop Please. wars. Let us know who, which side you've chosen in the soda shop wars. Yeah. And, uh, if, if there's been any flare-ups. Hopefully it doesn't yeah. get too violent. All right. Well, Gabe, truly a pleasure having you yeah. on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can, people, where can people find you and follow you? Yeah, Instagram's like the main one. Um, that's how I'm doing most of my ads for this next like theater run. And so we got six more weeks of theater shows, and then I'm taking it on the road, hopefully. Things keep going Amazing. well. I'm going to do it in L.A. on January 28th. I'm doing it in Rochester oh. next week. So if you're around, come check it out. It's like a Berbiglia kind of hour. And I just hired my director is Greg Wallach, who worked with Hassan Minaj on Homecoming King. They, like, worked on that together. Oh, amazing, cool. man. Thanks, Congratulations. Big thing. Hey, don't forget about us, man, on your way to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to check that out when you're out, out in L.A. Oh, yeah. Comps for everybody. All you guys. Oh, amazing. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media that you've been enjoying? Yes. I, I read this yesterday, and it, it really summed up the uh, yesterday's news, which is per, it's by at Trevor Cumbo. Jared Binks wrote parentheses, running for president. I love Hitler. My wife cheated on me so much. <laughs> uh, it's like, wow, he's really going for it. That is, that's one way to get elected. <laughs> yeah, that that dis I love that tweet. That distillation of it is just so funny. The, parent, the parenthetical running yeah, for president. Running for president. <laughs> oh, I man. love Hitler. My wife what a day. so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Man, you find me uh, at Miles of Gray on Twitter, Instagram, Hive, uh, wherever. Uh, find me there. Uh, also find Jack and I on our basketball podcast, the goofiest basketball podcast of them all. Miles and Jack got, got mad, mad boosties. boosties. An official NBA product where Jack and I were in a <laughs> meeting yesterday and Jack was like, there's no way they don't regret doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't. They love it. No, uh, they love and also find they me on... Folks. They love us, folks. Uh, also find me on 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra, where we talk about 90 Day Fiance. Some tweets that I like. I did like the one of uh, running for president one. Hilarious. Oh, another one. This is just from Roy at Roywood Jr. He just said... <laughs> Oh, he said, today I had three meetings today. Nobody showed up prepared. Three got hauled off in the ambulance, sliced up. Two started busting. <laughs> wham, wham. And one took his shirt off talking about, now who else want to fuck with Hollywood Court? <laughs> yes. I always thought Bro, that was Hollywood Cole. I thought his name was And I Hollywood thought it was Cole. Hollywood Coke. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was somebody saying their gangster name, and then someone was like, no, that's an actual project in Atlanta. I was like, yeah, yeah. that that makes the most sense. Thank you for putting <laughs> me on. And then another one from a uh, favorite of ours, at Pallavi Ganalan, uh, tweeted, what the fuck are fancy hotels doing without a squatty potty? I'm not paying to use the business room. I'm paying to <laughs> shit like a king. <laughs> and I totally agree with that. And I was like, that's why I keep four phone yeah, books on me. get on it, hotels. What the yeah. fuck? Do you ever improvise a squatty potty? Improvise a squ oh yeah 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 where, where like you where you try like, and 
Yeah. Like, hey, bring the suitcase in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have tushies in there too. I'm I'm assuming it would be too hard to clean or something, but they should they should have the whole all all the stuff that the internet has discovered and knows yeah. is better for going to the bathroom. Like, come on. Come on. Come on, hotels. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Naomi Tom Key, this is just straight up good advice. My top gift giving advice, and I'm good at gifts, and this is also something that I've always said is to not give anything related to a person's main interests that's already a priority for them they probably already know what they specifically want and or prioritize spending their own money on it i think that's good like that is the number one it's like hey you you like comedy here's comedy book that you know or like hey you're a writer here's i don't know <laughs> uh, it's it's just a funny like I don't know I, and I find myself doing it too where I'm like you know just going with the thing that would be of use to them so just come up with something that you like that you think they would like or you know write what you know and gift what you know yeah I think it's generally know. good advice Jamie Loftus tweeted a conversation with someone where the person wrote will you be my girlfriend I have a car I have a dog to dog and she said i'm getting married most likely <laughs> and finally in response to the news at the end of last week uh amy lee gemstone tweeted kanye west told alex jones that i bite down on the capsule pain then pressure i'm free i open my eyes to the glory of an open field aromatic herbs and wildflowers aglow my mother licks me clean and i bathe in my first dusk as a sh- <laughs> as a shetland pony <laughs> That was a little bit how I was feeling. So appreciate <laughs> it. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Uh, this is a track from the artist One Oak, O-A-K. It's like one hyphen O dot A dot K dot. And it's called Every Day. And when the I was hearing it on the radio, when the song first started, I thought it was like a haunted, like old Christmas song. Like there's like this whole kind of chopped and screwed like vocalist thing happening. And then it turns into this like really dope, like modern R&B song. This artist, he's like a vocalist producer musician so I'm, I'm pretty sure he produces all of his beats which i always love like finding artists that are like from the top to bottom like involved with every single aspect of their music making and like the production is really cool and again i like when people are like saying i'm inspired by stevie wonder and the neptunes but i'm trying to take it to 2023 oakland uh, which go. is what this artist is trying to do so this is every day by one oak all right. Well, go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com.
This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu.